1: Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe.
0: Hello, Raider Nation, and welcome to another edition of Believe in Raiders podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. I'm Dennis Ackman. Please be joined by former Raider great Stanford Rout. Stan, you are in Vegas. You witnessed firsthand the Chiefs beat down of the Raiders. The Raiders were out-coached, they were out-schemed, they were outplayed, they were outclassed in every single way possible. Stan, what bothered you the most about that loss?
1: I'd probably say just the lack of urgency probably is what bothered me the most. You can see on the defense side of the ball there are times where the ball is being put up in the air by padma Mahomes, and you just simply got to make a play on it as a db even the offensive side of the ball it just it it did not seem it seemed like everybody in the stadium as far as the fans it seemed like they wanted that game more than the raiders actually did you just did not feel the adrenaline you didn't feel the energy and i'm talking about I'm up there in the press box with a lot of the other former players and i'm going and i'm panning my my cell phone throughout the entire crowd and like there's times where you know during a tv timeout where you know they cut the lights off and everybody's just kind of cut their phone as far as the uh uh the lighting or you know they have wristbands for everybody that has a seat in the stadium and the wristbands light up and that's the only light source that you see in the entire stadium and it was just such a level of energy in that building But you see the Raiders did not match that same energy and that's where it was pretty much a letdown because hey we all know just like we talked a couple weeks ago and you're like Stan I don't know why the Chiefs are still what is it uh, minus 200 favorites to win the Super Bowl and I told you I said Dennis that's because Vegas knows yeah the Chiefs are stubbing their toe right now but they still have great players and it's just a matter of time before they come back around so we know that the Chiefs are a good team we know they got uh, uh, good players we know that but they're not 41 to 14 better than the Raiders not after two weeks barely skating by the giants so that's why it was just uh it, it was definitely just a concerning effort that you saw all night long
0: well stay on the raiders have now lost two in a row and if you go back the last couple of years it feels like we've seen this storyline before from this yeah. team they after starting start 19 yeah. they start six and four finish seven and nine last year they start six and three they finished eight and eight Here's Raiders head coach, Rich Bisaccio on trying to avoid a third straight second half collapse.
1: Even in the past, we've tried to do things that we thought um, would enable us to play a little bit better down the stretch.
2: I think we've been six and two and, and, um, you know, maybe seven and, or six and three or
1: wherever we've been at that particular point, and then we've seemed to hit a slide. So I don't think we just waited to this year now to try to adjust it. We've done those things in the past as well, whether it's adjusting schedule, um, practice schedule, adjusting pads, no pads, adjusting how much running, you know, whatever those things may be. And so I think, well, again, we're going to try to adjust, adjust and address it this year as well. We've done a lot of conversations with our players, um, giving them the opportunity to take ownership over some of the things that we do. And uh, we'll see how it works out here as we go through. But we're,
2: we're really just, again, to the week-to-week deal, we're, we're, we're really trying to get ready, you know, for the five-day period of playing the next game.
0: You know, Stan, I know you were there, and I was watching on TV, and I really thought the Raiders were going to win this game, and I told you I thought sure they enough. would. Stan, when I saw for the first time when they went down on the field for the first series, I, it hit me like a ton of bricks. I'm like, oh, my God, the Raiders are going to lose tonight. <laughs> it, I, don't, I just had that gut feeling because you could almost feel like you said the energy wasn't there when they came yeah. out. There wasn't – and it, everything was set up for them perfectly. The Chargers and the Broncos both lost earlier lost. in the day. First yes. place was there for the taking. You know, Stan, I read a tweet from Tim Brown, and he said this back in 1989, the Raiders starting safety. Stacey Turan was killed in a car accident in August. I mean, this is during training camp. Brown said it took the Raiders as a team half the year to get over it because there was no closure. They couldn't visit him to say, hello, I got your back, or with everything that's transpired with this organization over the last month or so. I wonder if the Raiders are emotionally exhausted. And I understand fans don't want to hear it, but Stan, it's real. And perhaps the organization is still trying to heal and I don't know how long it's going to take for this team to recover from the Gruden resignation to Henry Ruggs being released, as well as Damon Arnett being released.
1: Uh, yeah, I think, um, you know, when you asked me that question the first time, my thought process was, uh, and I think they're probably good. They're professionals. They know how to bounce back. They know how to get through it. But then, when you just read what Tim Brown said, and you know when coach talk, you're supposed to listen. And with Tim Brown, obviously being the Hall of Famer that he is, one of the best to ever do it, uh Heisman Trophy winner, <laughs> Notre Dame, Dallas, Texas. So you know, I ride with anybody from Texas. And then, obviously, former Raider, Hall of Famer that's what gives me cause to pause and think that you know what hold on let me pump the brakes here and let me actually take myself out of my mind put myself in the minds of others and then you go with the john gruden fiasco he departs then you have henry ruggs he departs and then no sooner than a week later you have damon arnett two former first round picks departing you have your all you have your superstar head coach making 10 million a year as a coach he departs early october and then you start to think you know what that could start to take its toll on a, on a football team. And just when you think of the questions that they're probably being asked in the, and during press conferences, things like that, it probably can get a bit tedious where it's always something where it's no more of just a normal day in Raiderland. where, okay, there's not a story today. It's, it seems like for the past month, it's been a story, you know, you got to answer questions to fans you got to answer questions to the press. There are certain things you got to now think about. Okay, i got to make sure that I don't say that. I want to make sure I don't throw anybody under the bus. I want to make sure that I say something that doesn't become a hot topic on all the other media outlets. So when I stop and I really think that very well could be the case, and I would like to believe that's not the case, and I would like to simply think that, you know what, the Raiders just came out flat on Sunday against the Chiefs. And when you come out flat, you know, okay, we can bounce back from that and just do better next week. But whenever it's a situation where you feel like somebody's emotionally drained, that takes time to get out from up under that valley that you're in. And that could take the entire season. Like Tim Brown said, for the first half of the season, they uh, it, it took them the first half just to get back to normal. So I hope that's not the case. But now that you bring it up, Man, I'm afraid that that very well may be the reason.
0: Stan, looking back at your NFL career, you played eight years and then also University of Houston. Can you ever recall? I mean, losing teammates back to back weeks for whatever reason it is, and how you guys responded.
1: I wouldn't say back to back weeks, but I did have times where we lost teammates. I mean, we we cut D'Angelo Hall halfway throughout the year in 2008 after we had just given him seven years, seventy million. Right, I remember that. Um, I, like I said, obviously, we talked about uh, last episode when we lost out uh, early August 2011, right before we played the Houston Texans. But as far as back-to-back weeks, consecutive weeks, nothing that I can remember off the top of my head as far as, you know, a guy who's like a starter. Right. He's a former first-round pick, somebody who's heavily in the rotation. Nobody that I can think of off the top of my head, no.
0: Okay. Because, I mean, you got, it's a family.
1: There's 53 yes. of you. Right? No you doubt don't? about it you know those to your brothers so whenever something happens you feel it right. you know like i remember when thomas howard god rest his soul when he oh. got killed in that car accident Right. like you feel it you know and 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 that's where i and that's where i always come back to it's about the leadership because you see other teams that they go through things they may not go through a death they may not go through something like that but they go through trials tribulations you go through peaks and valleys throughout the season and that's where I think coaching is worth its weight in gold because you got to have somebody who's a leader. You got to have somebody who's going to stand up there at the podium and say, Hey guys, listen, I know everything is hectic right now. I know things are crazy. I know emotions are running high, but fellas, we still have a point. We still have a focus. We still have a goal at hand that we have to go ahead and accomplish. we got to put one foot forward. One will turn to two steps, turn to three, turn to four, turn to five, For you know, it. you've now won the game. And I think that's why, like I said, Coaching is so important. Leadership is so important. And I think right now it appears that's what this team is lacking.
0: Well, we'll see if they can turn it around at home Sunday against the Bengals and Stan. Once again, the Raiders, underdogs at home. The Bengals one-point favorites on the road. The over-under is 49 and a half. You know, if you feel like putting any kind of wager on this one, then head to bet online. It remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season. Head to the new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use the promo code BLEE50 to receive your bonus. From basketball, football, NHL, boxing, UFC, your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet online, or the game starts. Stan, I'm telling you right now, do not mess with my Warriors. I'm putting you on notice. Oh, yeah. All these fans who listen to our podcast on notice. Don't mess with my Warriors this year. <laughs> Make another run, Stan.
1: Yeah, and they're doing all of this without Klay Thompson. That's exactly. what makes it scary. Stan, you play hoops in high school? Yes. Played uh, basketball up until my sophomore year. And then that's when I became very aware that basketball was not going to get me anywhere in life. So, uh, so I quit and I focused just on football and track. Could you dunk? Yes, I can dunk.
0: Could you like, st- like standing still or do you have to get a running start?
1: Oh, uh, you give me about, uh, maybe about two steps oh, okay. something like that. Yeah. I can, but yes, I could dunk. All right. Do you ever posterize anybody? Uh no no idea uh, like I said uh, I I quit after my sophomore year I was like I said I could give you about five or six points a game okay. something like that but you know now basketball definitely was not going to get me anywhere in life I learned that at a very young age I got you
0: all right man let's look ahead now to Sunday's game against the Bengals you know like I said the Raiders they're somewhat reeling having lost two in a row Stan Cincinnati they sit at five and four same record as oh, yeah. big game know, as the as, as the Raiders. And look at Stan, I, I know there's still seven more games to be played after this one. And the NFL, if we've learned anything this week, this year, beg your pardon, it is week to week, to week. league. Yes. You know, and a lot of teams have similar records to the Raiders. Nobody's running away with the AFC West. They're not. The Raiders are just a half a game behind the Kansas City Chiefs, uh, who are in first. Chargers right now are in second. Yes. But with that being said, Stan, the two game losing streak, and we kind of just hit on the Raiders' history over the last few years. I mean, I hate to say this, but the season does appear to be on the brink. And a loss to the Bengals at home stand—I mean, it, it, is it a tailspin? You know, they would have a
1: tough time coming out of. Am I am I wrong? It's going to be. It's going to. Ha- it's going to. It's going to be very tough for them to come out of this if the next eight days do not go at least okay. If the next eight days they're zero two in the next eight days, and I'm hoping to God that they win the game on Thanksgiving. I'm hoping to God right. they win that. Right. But if they go zero the to yes, if they go zero within the next eight days, I want you to hear me clearly, then that's going to be a hole. I do not think that they can get out of. So right now, OK, boom, you just got blasted by the Chiefs. OK, it happens. It's not like the Chiefs are a scrub team, right? <laughs> like I, I'm I feel better about that loss than I do the Giants.
0: Do you really? I mean, even OK, wait, Stan, Hang on a second, because I find that interesting point. As bad as the Raiders played on Sunday against the Giants, they still had an opportunity to tie that game at the end. Yes, because I texted him like, "Stan, if they score a touchdown here, go for two or, or mm-hmm. you know play for I overtime." Remember. You're like, "No, no, no, play for overtime." Obviously, it didn't come back to that. You know, I felt better after the Giants game. I, I did because of the effort. I think because the effort, Stan.
1: True, but the thing that makes the thing why I say I feel better after the Chiefs lost and the Giants lost is because you're losing to the Chiefs. Okay. They were in the Super Bowl the past two seasons, sure. so at least, at least, and, you know, I, I'm not the type of person that like to find a silver lining and things like that. You either win or you lose, period. Right. But at least lose to a good team that has good players. You can't lose to a Giants team that has Daniel Jones at quarterback, Saquon Barkley in and out. You got Kenny Galladay in and out. Like, you can't lose to a team that's void of talent. You can't do that. If you lose to a team that's talented, hey, you know what? at least you lost to a good team. So uh, that's why uh, I would incrementally feel better about the Chiefs' loss than the Giants' loss, even though they played like complete garbage on Sunday against the Chiefs, because we can go ahead and assume, okay, you know what, the Bengals, they're a pretty good team, but they're also very up and down. Got young quarterback, Joe Burrow, leads the league in interceptions that okay we got something to look forward to we can make some plays we're playing at home but then we've got to go to dallas on thanksgiving so that's why i say these next eight days will in my opinion they will probably define the season because if they mess around here and they can beat the Bengals, and then they can beat the cowboys because yes the cowboys can be beat i know everybody thinks they're world beaters but the, uh then then we're having a completely different conversation but guess what sunday also who did the chiefs play on sunday <laughs> Cowboys. Cowboys. What if the Chiefs lose? Exactly. What if exactly. The, what if they be, what if the Raiders beat the Bengals? Right was,
0: Yeah, You're we're right.
1: week to week. We don't know exactly. what the hell to expect. You're right back in this thing. Yep. And that's why I say these next 8 days that right there to me is going to tell the entire story.
0: All right, here's Derek Carr on the Raiders' recent play and still being in the thick of the playoff and division race.
2: Without getting into detail, I mean, you watch the tape the last two weeks and we see, okay, this is what we need to do. Boom, that and that. And you see it, and then you know, you try and rep it, you try and replicate it and practice and um, be better in certain ways uh, and things like that. So the message to the team was simple, is we got to keep doing what we do. You know, um, you know, it's one us five games. We, we definitely planned on having more than that, that's for sure. Um, but it's just – as Coach Del Rio, you say that's what you've earned. You know, you are what you've earned in this league, and that's what we've earned. But what we've earned is a really close race. <laughs> you know, um, there's a lot of teams sitting there with the same, similar records, and uh, uh, with a lot of those teams still on our schedule. And some of those teams we've beat, you know. And so um, we know what's out in front of us, but most importantly, we know who's in front of us this week. And uh, they're a good team. you keep one eye on what else is going on in the AFC? I mean, is that. After the games, you always do win or loss. You know, you like okay, well, where are we at? You know, and then it's literally like thirty seconds, and you're like, okay, well, now I know, and here we go. And uh, I mean, you see it, you see it all throughout the league, um, especially like the last two weeks. You know, you know, teams not having weeks they're they're used to having, or teams beating teams that usually wouldn't beat them, and things like that. we saw it all. The last two weeks it's been really weird, actually, but it, what it's done is it's really kept everything close. And, uh, you know, we'll see what happens. Um, You know, we got to go earn it. We got to go prove it. Um, It's not what we want. But uh, we definitely have the guys in the room to be able to do it.
0: All right, Stan, let's talk more about the Cincinnati Bengals now. It's a high-powered offense. Second-year quarterback Joe Burrow. You got running back Joe Mixon an outstanding rookie wideout Jamar Chase. As you mentioned, Burrow's throwing a league-high 11 picks. You know, Stan, the Raiders actually put pressure on Mahomes, but they didn't sack him. Yes, they Um, didn't. You know, we talk about all the time, the cover three, got to get the quarterback. It's really impactful. Do you see the Raiders, you know, staying in cover three or perhaps maybe bringing a little bit more pressure this week against a guy like Joe Burrow?
1: I think you're going to have to go ahead and try to do your best to disguise your coverages, no matter what... No matter what, whether you run cover two or whether you run quarters or cover three, you're going to have to confuse Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow has gotten better since last year. You can see evading the pass rush, buying time, being able to throw on time down to the, down the field. He's got his former college teammate, Jamar Chase, the rookie. He's got him balling right now. Joe Mixon has always been a good running back. So right now, the uh, Cincinnati Bengals, they are a good team. They're a viable threat in the ASC North, but they can be beat as we've seen, they've lost four games this year, so they can easily be beaten. But I think that the main thing, and this is what plagued, in my opinion, the Las Vegas Raiders versus the Kansas City Chiefs, is that you saw a lot of teams with the Giants, you see the Titans, they're running a lot of too high, a lot of cover two against Pat Mahomes, making him throw right. the underneath. The Raiders did not do a good job of making sure that Pat Mahomes is going to continue to take the underneath throws. They let a few people get behind them. Pat Mahomes was able to make some deep balls, some deep throws, go ahead and make some plays. He threw five touchdowns, no interceptions, over 400 yards. And I, and like I said, that's his first time this year putting up that type of stat line. The Raiders got away from that. So to your point, when you're asking about the cover two versus the cover three, either way you go you have to be able to execute so whether you're running cover two or whether you're running cover three against joe burrow you're gonna have to execute they did not execute against the Kansas city chiefs so no matter what i think you're gonna have to stop the run no matter what you're gonna have to stop the run against joe Mixon. that's number one number two you got to be able to confuse joe burrow if you're able to confuse him i think you're gonna be able to have a good game that's why joe burrow as good as he is he leads the league in interceptions He's still as prone to make mistakes because he's young what do you do with young quarterbacks confuse them? Then they will throw right into certain coverages. So whether you run a cover two or cover three, I really don't give a damn, to be honest with you, but you have to be able to execute it the right way. That is something they did not do last week against the Kansas City Chiefs. So number one, you have to execute regardless of what the call is.
0: Okay, Stan, you mentioned Joe Mixon. Outstanding running back. And for some reason, whatever reason, the Raiders have struggled against the run this year on defense or in the bottom 10. What are you seeing? I mean, you played eight years in the NFL starting cornerback for the Raiders one year for the chiefs. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> what are you seeing yeah. from the Raiders defense that, they're struggling with the run. Because you just got to get penetration. That's what it all comes down to. Stopping the run is all about toughness. It's all about winning in the trenches. It's all about getting penetration. That's really what it's all about. And that's something the Raiders have not been doing. Obviously, you got Ngakwe. You got my man, Max Crosby. They can get after the quarterback. They can put pressure on him. Yes, they can. But that's where you also got to be able to stop the run. You got to be able to stay gaps down. You got to be able to maintain gap integrity. Your linebackers have to be able to scrape, flow to the ball, things of that nature. If the ball to get outside corners you got to come up and tackle even though a lot of us don't really want to but you got to do it I think that it really just comes down to can you win in the trenches can you get penetration can you live in the other team's backfield that's how you're able to stop the run you see how Denver played against the uh, Dallas Cowboys two weeks ago they lived in the backfield it's all about penetration and that's something the Raiders do not do a good job of and if you notice if you notice DA the teams that run the ball well also are good at stopping the run right because it's just it's 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 a ripple effect because it's all about physicality. you look at how right now look at the San Francisco 49ers they run the ball pretty good I would assume you, you would agree with that right uh,
0: absolutely 100 percent.
1: They stopped the run against the Los Angeles Rams on Monday night. So, you know, typically it goes hand in hand because your offensive line is going to be going against your defensive line in practice, things like that. I think the Raiders got to number one, execute, like I've always said, but it really just comes down to physicality, toughness and being able to go ahead and not just get after the passer, not put pressure on the quarterback, but you also got to go ahead and get penetration to get in the backfield to force those TFLs to go ahead and stay gap sound, not allow that running back to be able to find that crease and hit that hole for eight yards where now it's second and two instead of a would-be second and seven, second and eight. All right, Stan, so I don't want to
0: talk about the Raiders' offense and in particular the passing game. I mean, obviously losing Henry Ruggs was a huge blow for this team. And God bless Zay Jones. Everybody talks about, you know, he's one of the hardest workers on this team. But look, yes. he, he's not a Henry Ruggs. He's not stretching the defense out. He's not the threat that Ruggs was either catching it or using it as a decoy. I feel like Darren Waller all of a sudden is missing in the Raiders offense. He's had one 100-yard receiving game this year, and that came against Baltimore Ravens in week one. He had just four catches against the Kansas City Chiefs for 24 yards. Stan, I mean, that's his uh, unwaller waller like numbers. So is it a combination of the defense is doubling him and taking him out of the game, or
1: is it the Raiders need to do a better job of
0: getting him more involved with the offense
1: I think it's probably all three I think it's the first two that you said and then also we've seen this before and this is the question that a lot of Raider fans have can Derek Carr extend that level of success throughout an entire season and that's really why like I said I think it's all three combined that's why you're seeing that but I can also tell you from personal experience I remember back in my playing days uh you had Tony Gonzalez with the Kansas city chiefs, sure. my first couple of years in the league. And then you have Antonio Gates. He was with San Diego for, uh, for all of my years while I was in Oakland. But the thing is, is that he would be, he was their go-to receiver. Basically, I believe it was my first couple of years. And then that's when Vincent Jackson really started yep. getting going. Malcolm Floyd sure. and then their offense took off because you can only go so far when you're tied in as your number one threat. Travis, Kelsey's great. Right. Tariq Hill is also on the field. Yes, he is. So no matter what, if you have a good tight end, having good players around him is just going to make him even more elite. But if you want to put everything on his shoulders, you can have a DN go ahead and chip him at when he's going out for a pass. You can have a linebacker bracketing with a safety, things like that. Because that's so close to the interior of the field, it's very difficult to really, really get him out in space. It really is. And then especially when you have receivers that, the opposing D coordinator, the opposing corners are not afraid of, like Edwards, Zay Jones. You got Hunter Renfro, but he plays also in the slot. Right. You are not afraid to just simply run man coverage. Let's go ahead, single up the corners on the receivers, and we're going to bracket uh, the, uh, the big tight end. And then that's how you're going to go ahead and slow down that offense. And then, like I said, Derek Carr, we've seen how great he can be. We also see how he struggles. This is where the inconsistency comes in with him. So that's why I say I think it's probably a myriad of things, a myriad of factors. And probably those three, I'm sorry, the first two that you mentioned, the third one that I suggested, I think is the true culprit of why you're seeing Darren Waller have suppressed numbers right here at this point in the season.
0: Yeah, you mentioned some of the numbers. Carr has four turnovers the last two games. Stan, the Raiders out of the team, five turnovers the last two games after just five through the first seven. And Stan, I've said this before, and I and I really believe it. I I, I would love to see Waller more at the wide receiver position and get so Foster I? Moreau. I want to see Foster Moreau more involved in the passing game. You know, a couple games ago when Waller missed, I, I think it was against the Eagle Eagles, beg your pardon, Moreau had six catches. I mean, Mm getting him more involved in the offense. I think he's a wonderful weapon, uh, and I think he needs to be utilized more. So going back to Vegas, like we talked about earlier, you were there on uh, Sunday. What were you there for, Stan, and uh, who were some of the great Raiders that you were hanging out with? Oh, let
1: me see here. That night, they were basically honoring Charles Woodson, obviously, Hall of Fame induction this past year. So there was a lot of Hall of Fame players there. And then basically, it was just kind of like alumni night. So I was there along with Isaiah Ikojuba. Uh, you saw also, it was, let me see here. We had Dorset was there. We had my man Jacoby Ford was there. Oh, I love it Jacoby was, uh, Ford. Yes, it was, um, let me see, Khalif Barnes was there. Okay. It was so many of us. And basically, we just kind of like went from like suite to suite, just kind of signing autographs, meeting a lot of the suite holders, fans, things like that. So it was definitely a great time. Yeah. And then, like I said, Charles was getting honored. They did right. that right before the game. So you had Rod Woodson who was there. Art Shell was there. Tim Brown was there. Oh. So, like, it was just a great occasion. And, you know, it's crazy how it works in the NFL. Like, the night that they're honoring somebody, that'll be the night that the team lays an egg. Right. And doesn't go out there and play well, almost to kind of honor the player who just got honored. But, like I said, it was a fun time. That was actually my first game that I actually went to to actually go ahead and uh, and observe the Las Vegas Raiders. Not my first time being at the stadium, but my right. first game. And man, I can tell you that stadium is beautiful. Isn't and it? when it's filled to capacity, oh my God, it is electric in there.
0: The only problem with Stan, it's been filled with a lot of opposing fans. Yes. <laughs> the first, yeah, four or five um, home game that bothers me tremendously. I know. I mean, and,
1: Stan, and, on and,
0: TV there was a lot of red in that stands. Yes,
1: so, and and that's the thing because of the raiders now being in vegas yep you will now have more teams traveling with their fan base because it's vegas and i remember i forget who i was talking to and this is right around the first quarter and they and they told me they said if we're still in oakland you don't see this much red. no way no no way you don't but because it's vegas and vegas is not synonymous with football when you think of Kansas City, you think of Chiefs. Oh, absolutely. Maybe the, maybe absolutely. the Royals. No maybe. way, it's Chiefs. When you, think of the, when you think of City Oakland, you think of the Raiders. Absolutely. When you think of Wisconsin, you think of Green Bay, Packers. Absolutely. Yep. Maybe right now, a little bit of Milwaukee Bucks, maybe a little bit. But, but you're or thinking like, when Chiefs. You think, I mean, you're thinking exactly, Packers. Yeah, exactly. When you, think of right. the, when you think of the state of Pennsylvania, obviously, the Eagles won a Super Bowl a couple years ago. You think of Steeler country. Absolutely. I agree with you. Plain and, yep. plain and simple. So, the thing is, is that because it's Vegas, it's almost kind of like it's almost kind of like land that hasn't really been recalled yet or land that hasn't been claimed yet yeah there's a team that plays there but like that's not exactly like their city at least not yet so yeah so that is one downside to now being the las vegas raiders you will have more and more teams willing to bring more of their fan base because guess what oh, I can go to the game and then afterwards I can then go to the casino or go to the strip or go see a show or et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Oh my goodness. Like if I'm going to watch my team play against the Oakland Raiders, well, yeah, after the game, what else really is there for me to do from somebody who's an out of town or I'm from the East Coast? What's the coming attraction? But when you think of Las Vegas, there is something there for everybody in Sin City.
0: Yep. You know what, Stan? I've always said this, that Oakland is where the Raiders are from, but Vegas is where their home is now. Yes, that, that's, that, that's agreed. That, yep, yeah, that's the only way, that's the best way for me to put it. All right, my man, let's pick some uh, AFC West games this week, and there are some good ones. Let's
1: start with that Cowboys Chiefs. Chiefs two and a half point favorite at home. Yeah, uh, I'm not surprised by that. Like I said, I think, I think, <laughs> <laughs> um, I think the NFL. And blame it on the Raiders. I think the NFL might have somehow, some way, accidentally woken that sleeping giant in Kansas City. Yeah. I think somehow, some way, they are finding their mojo back. I hate that the Raiders were the ones that actually were the culprit, but that's why I would not be surprised the Kansas City Chiefs won this game because, like I said, Dallas, they got a good offense. Yes, they do. They got players. But Dallas has not done it in big moments yet. That's number one. Number two, we saw what happened the last time the Dallas Cowboys played against a team that had a lot of firepower—the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They lost. So can can Dak Prescott go toe to toe, blow for blow, with a Pat Mahomes? Now, I'm also not a meteorologist. I do not know what the weather is going to be like, but I do know it's going to be the Sunday before Thanksgiving. I know for a fact the game is going to be played outside at Arrowhead Stadium. I know that. I don't know what the temperature is going to be, but I'm pretty sure it probably won't be 70 degrees and no wind as it would be inside AT&T Stadium in Arlington, Texas. So the weather does play a part whenever you have a dome team, or should I say a team that plays in a dome-ish, right. even though right. AT&T kind of opens up at the top, yep. whenever you have a dome-ish team and they then go outside, go from field turf to regular grass, that also plays a part. So I would not be surprised if Kansas City wins this game, not at all in the slightest bit. Look, and I'm going to go – and
0: by the way, I did check the weather, and the Cowboys are getting a little bit of a break. I think it's 50 degrees and partly cloudy.
1: Oh, yeah, they're getting a break.
0: Yeah, I I hate to say it, Stan, but I'm going with the Chiefs. I'm praying, for obviously, for a Cowboys victory, but I think the Chiefs win this one 27-24, maybe 30-27. But uh, they they, they got the momentum right now. They won three in a row. They're sitting in first place, and I don't think the Cowboys – can beat the Chiefs, not in Kansas City. I really don't. This next one I think would be a better game, obviously, if Ben Roethlisberger was playing, but it doesn't sound like he is. Mason Rudolph's going to get the start at quarterback for the Steelers. They're at the Chargers. Stan, we nailed it last week with the Vikings coming into L.A. and knocking off the Chargers. This time, L.A. is a five-and-a-half-point favorite at home. With Mason Rudolph, Stan, I don't see how the Steelers beat the Chargers. I don't. Yeah, that's, they they that's tied gonna, the Lions at home. That's going to be crying yeah, that's, out loud.
1: Yes, that's going to be a tall task to go ahead and try to go blow for blow with the Justin Herbert. He's one of my favorite young quarterbacks in the league. I think he's going to be a superstar. So I definitely would not go with the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers. I don't think their defense can hold up, and that means it's going to put the more onus on Mason Rudolph's shoulders. And I do not think he is able to match blow for blow, even stand shoulder to shoulder with the Justin Herbert. And I think that, like I said, now is that time of the year where the real football is played. The first eight games of the season, the first you know couple weeks everybody's feeling each other out but like bill belichick has always said november and december and now january because it's the 17th game uh, um an uh, 18th week that's where the real football is played because now you're scheming against somebody. You're actually taking, okay, you know what? This Saturday, I'm sorry, this Sunday, we're taking that player out of the game versus versus the first couple of weeks. You're playing a little bit more vanilla defenses. Everybody is still new. It's a new season, things like that. Now it's a real football. And so I do not expect the Pittsburgh Steelers to win the game against the Los Angeles Chargers. And because now the Chargers, they're starting to see, hey, Man, we lost on we lost on Sunday, and we're tied with the Chiefs for the division lead. I mean, obviously they're one, we're two, but they got the same record. And then the Raiders, they're right there behind us. And now those Chargers are smelling like they're smelling blood in the water. Everybody came in the season just anointing the Chiefs right. as the automatic recipient, or should I say the uh, the automatic member of the AFC who's going to go to the Super Bowl. Yep. And now the Chargers are like, you know what? Hey, man, I think we can take this thing. So I would definitely uh, go with the Chargers over the Pittsburgh Steelers.
0: All right, the Broncos have a bye this week. They're 5-5. and And then, all right, Stan, Raiders one-point underdogs at home. Are they breaking this two-game losing streak, or is it going to be three in a row?
1: Oh, man, I hope to God that they break this two-game losing streak. I hope to God, because Joe Burrow is still young. He's in his second year. Jamar Chase is a rookie. I'm hoping that they still have their young player, Blues this Sunday afternoon and because we're at home maybe the crowd can go ahead and get behind I'm not exactly sure about the Cincinnati fan base I don't know how they travel I I know Kansas City travels pretty well hopefully it will not be a sea of orange on a certain side of the stadium at Allegiant Field hopefully that is not the case so I'm going to go ahead and think with my heart right now and say that the Raiders beat the Bengals on Sunday afternoon
0: yeah, I'm going to be there, Stan. I'm going. to my second home game that I'll be attending this year. Nice. Yeah, nice. I, I'm with you, Stan. I'm going to go with my heart on this one. I don't have a lot of confidence in saying it, but I'm going to go 27-24 Raiders. So nice.
1: Okay. I like that.
0: You know, let's hope. Let's hope. Well, like you said, I'm praying and hoping and praying. All right. Let's talk some high school football now. St. Thomas,
1: what you got this weekend? St. Thomas this week has Davis Bishop Lynch. We got them on Saturday afternoon, Ooh. 5 o'clock. And we have them, you know, you know how high school football is, you know, we're playing in neutral sites, things like that. We're playing in Buffalo, Texas. (laughs) Whoa, 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 whoa. Buffalo where is
0: Buffalo, Texas. Exactly.
1: I had to. Hey, I had to look it up on the map as well. <laughs> uh, but it's about two and a half hours north of Houston. It's about okay. maybe an hour and a half, something like that, east of Dallas. So you know, you play kind of like in the halfway point between gotcha. both between both schools. Uh, five o'clock this Saturday afternoon. I think we have a very good chance to win the game. I'm expecting to win the game. So, like I said, we'll have to go ahead and see. Hopefully, this will be an all around good weekend for me, winning the game on Saturday and sunday afternoon my raiders getting this victory over the Bengals.
0: let's hope so my man let's hope so at least it was nice we got to talk you know football and not off the field issues
1: (laughs) (laughs) hey i'm right there with you thank god dennis thank god good stuff as always my friend all right appreciate it once again you know i love it and i'll talk to you next week
0: all right that's going to do it for another edition of the believe in raiders podcast presented by betonline.ag for my partner, Stanford Rout, I'm Dennis Ackerman. Thanks so much for listening, and make all your punts find the coffin corner.
2: Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search
1: for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.